Hey, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the third day of May. Is it the third day of May? Yeah, it's the third day of May, 2023. Happy uh, Wednesday to you. Hump day, halfway to the weekend. Oh, boy, howdy. Halfway. I'm going to uh, Mount Vernon some point this weekend. I don't know when. we got to take the kids there for a history lesson and what have you. So that'll be exciting. Hopefully you've got something Equally as exciting, or perhaps even, dare I say, more so. So, yeah, let's just, uh, you got time to plan. So, if you don't, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Anyway, I'm Derek Hunter. I am your host, appropriately named host of this podcast. If that's where you were going, you got there. Don't forget about the uh, show extra bonus material and all that good stuff. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. Five bucks a month is all we ask. And you can go there. There's there's free content. It's all at the Patreon site. I put things that are behind the, for subscribers only, on both sites. But there's a lot more action at the Patreon site because you can put more things up. It's just an easier to navigate site. I don't know. I've got to get my act together on this stuff. So I'll be asking you guys a whole bunch of questions and doing polls and things to see about... Uh, Things going like should this should there be a video component? Is there an appetite for that? Would you be interested in an occasional timed pro? I mean, a timed like start stopwatch, but at a specific time so that we might use one of these many other platforms out there, maybe Twitter, whatever, to uh, do sort of a call in kind of thing where you get your questions asked or what have you. I just think that in maybe a live thing. Who the hell knows? I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. It's still just me. Only now I've got two more kittens involved. So anyway, let us get started with the news. I am looking at all these headlines, looking at the way that the world is set up, the way the country is going, and you have to think this place is going to hell in a handbasket. This place is doomed, except that there is no life raft. This is, at least in the Titanic, they had enough life rafts for, you know, a good third or half or whatever it was of the people on there. There is no such thing for us as Americans if we lose this country. Really, I once had an idea, and I still think it's necessary, that you really should find a small country that you think you could change the politics of like in Ireland, like a Republic of Ireland, and make that the world's life raft. They get it on taxes. They don't seem to get it on anything else. But I think with a, a 10, 20-year lead time and somebody bankrolling it, you could really change the direction of that country. And I think for the better, so that when things go to hell here, at least we can go there or something. I, I know when I'm you know, people are going, we're not going anywhere. Why just to say it's called Operation Life Raft for a reason, for a reason. But there really isn't anywhere to go. And Democrats are hell-bent for leather on destroying as much of this country as humanly possible. While in, It's like the guy who beats his wife while talking about and telling her how he loves her and how she, look, if she would just stop this, if she would knock it off, she is bringing this on herself, honestly. 
She deserves this. And you just sit there and you go, what in the hell is wrong with people? Who falls for this stuff? And you have to recognize that it is a whole group of people who have been indoctrinated throughout the education process to believe that they are somehow responsible for things that not only they didn't do, but were done before they were born. Two people they never met, to people who died before they were ever born. It's wildly stupid to anybody who has more than two brain cells to rub together, but that's not the world we live in. We live in a world where people go, yeah, that's terrible. That's terrible. We don't have smart people. We don't have an education system that is designed to educate people. Instead, we have Joe Biden in the White House and Democrats up there. And we have Karine Jean-Pierre, who is uh, up there spewing nonsense. Now, yesterday, I I want you to play this again just to illustrate how thick the BS is that she's spewing. Yesterday, she talked about how um, illegal border crossings are down 90%. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. As I stated yesterday, that is a pile of steaming manure. That is nowhere near true. And anybody who believes it or anybody who hears that and doesn't recoil in horror, has something wrong with them. Has something fundamentally wrong with them. Every single month, every single month, the Border Patrol is reporting new record encounters, new record getaways, new record, every kind of number that possibly matters. And what's telling about how god-awful terrible the media is, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, that after she spewed that obvious lie, that blatant lie, it's not, oh, I'm sorry, I I misread the data or whatever. It's 0.09%. No, no. She read it. Nobody challenged it in that room. Not a single reporter in the press briefing room challenged that report, that claim, that lie, that obvious lie. So 24 hours later, and it's sad that it took a full day, 24 hours later, one person did dare question it. Peter Ducey. Peter Ducey of Fox News. He dared question it, and Karine Jean-Pierre decided to lie again. She, well, you're going to hear it for yourself, but at the end of this, the next reporter that they went to didn't follow up and say, wait a second now, you just BS'd us two days in a row. There was nothing. There is absolutely positively no pushback on this whatsoever because there isn't a single person in that room, aside from Peter Ducey, who gives a damn that they were just lied to. Now, during the Trump administration, lies that were not anywhere close to the level of seriousness and the implications... Uh, of that lie you just heard Corinne Jean-Pierre tell, were challenged nonstop. It was the ultimate tag team match. People going, oh, no, 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 you did this. Well, following up on that, you said this. It was a nonstop barrage. It wasn't uncommon for an exchange on a particular topic that the leftists had decided was 
a lie that was perhaps the worst thing ever to escape human lips was uh it was wasn't uncommon for those things to go for 10 or 15 minutes the press briefings were events they went for an hour hour and a half every single day when the president was out there he'd go for an hour or two and non-stop to the point that the reporters were going please stop please stop my god i have nothing else to say but with this team there is no follow-up now i get it the president of the united states isn't going to give you a follow-up especially when he's full of nonsense and and can't string together coherent sentence but when you look at what's going on here this is a press briefing there is no follow-up at all none no one has any thoughts on this whatsoever not a single reporter aside from peter Ducey, said oh yeah no that was a lie it was a lie because well it's a lie that helps the cause it's a lie that helps Democrats. It's not really a lie if it is, you know, something helpful to Democrats, is it? It's not bad, certainly. Certainly not bad. Listen to this exchange and um, no hope, anyway, that there's a special place in hell for these people. You said yesterday that when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down by more than 90%. Where did that number come from? It was, because I was CBP speaking. is telling us the number is. I hear you. I'm about to answer. I'm about, people more I'm about to answer you. Year so if you, far. if you, if the dramatics could come down just a little bit. I, um, know, if the dramatics could come down a little what's bit. What's dramatic about asking a question about? Okay, I'm, go- I'm going to answer. So I was speaking to the parolee program. As you know, the president put in place a parolee program to deal with, uh, to deal with certain countries uh, on, on ways that we can limit illegal migration. And we have seen, the data has shown us that it has gone down by more than 90%. That was what I was speaking and to. to no, I'm, really we're, we're going to go. We're going to move. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can hear the weaselly female reporter after the thanks, Corinne. She went, just went on. Let's change the subject. The parolee program where three countries, I believe it was, those people will be more quickly, uh, will have a slightly higher bar because there are far too many of them coming. It was looking, making the president look bad. Plus, maybe they ethnically don't vote for Democrats at a high enough percentage rate, whatever it was. They had to be seen doing something, and so they did that. So from those countries, down 90%. Which is a lie, which is a lie. It's down slightly, but, um, you know, it's also a testament to the idea that if you tell people they will be deported when they show up here, that there will be a drop in those people walking 2,000 miles, paying cartels a fortune. But that was not what Corinne Jean Pierre was talking about. She is a lying sack of crap. She was saying that immigration was down ninety percent, that illegal border crossings were down ninety percent. She wanted to impose or imply the lie on people. And the people in that room whose job it is to sniff out the truth, they just let it slide. They just let it slide because they don't care. They're on the same team. But the border is in such wonderful shape, wonderful shape, that they're going to send 1,500 troops down there. That's the story. That's what they're saying. By the way, when you deal with the number of border... Let's just look at this story. We'll get to that. Washington Post headline, 
Biden orders 1,500 more troops to Mexico border amid migration surge. He's beginning to sound an awful lot like Donald John Trump, isn't he? Only when, and I've witnessed this firsthand, only when the election is starting to come up do these leftists suddenly discover the Constitution, suddenly discover the rule of law, and their newfound respect for it. In Montana, Max Baucus, the uh, other senator there from Montana when I was uh, press secretary for Conrad Burns, he was a lefty Democrat. He was a lefty Democrat. And then every six years, he'd had to run for re-election in Montana. Now, Montana isn't as deep red as people think, but it's a pretty red state um, if you get the people to turn out. He would suddenly become, he would start voting with Conrad. He would start paying attention. He would suddenly start showing up at various things. It was, it was quite the magic act. And then he'd win re-election because it's a small, it's a geographically large state with a small voting population. And they'd fall for his crap. And look, Max, you had deep personal dealings with Max Baucus. You knew Max Baucus. You're going to vote for Max Baucus because you always voted for Max Baucus. And then he'd go right back to voting in line with the left wing of his party. Because why? Because the man's principles were about his hands on power and nothing else. Literally nothing else. Anyway, Washington Post. The Biden administration will send 1,500 additional troops to augment security at the southern border, U.S. officials said Tuesday, as the looming end of pandemic-era immigration policies has officials bracing for a surge in illegal crossing. See, if you told the people that if they cross illegally, their asses are getting catapulted right back out of the country, then I think that maybe it would be a, a different story. There might not be a lot of people sitting over. There'd always be some, but there wouldn't be as many. The Department of Homeland Security said it requested the 90-day deployment and that Defense Department personnel sent to the border will not interact with migrants. Instead, they will support U.S. Customs and Border Protection by performing non-law enforcement duties that include monitoring sensors and cameras as well as data entry and warehouse support, according to a DHS segment. In other words, it's all for show. Look, we're getting tough on the border. How? Uh, we're sending a whole bunch of uh, troops down there to sit on their asses and watch TV. Oh, all right. Quote, DOD personnel have never and will not perform law enforcement activities or interact with migrants or other individuals in DHS custody, the statement said. This support will free up DHS law enforcement personnel to perform their critical law enforcement mission. Now, why would people need to be freed up to perform their duties unless they're overwhelmed in those duties. Hey, there's a question that somebody in the press briefing room might want to ask. Why is it that you need more people to do the administrative work, the busy work? And I'm sure you sign up, join the military, see the Southern American border and an outdated computer screen. Okay, come on, man. No wonder recruiting is down. But if things are going swimmingly down at the Southern border, and opening it up again in the way that Joe Biden desperately wants to and has always wanted to, if that was not going to mean an influx of illegal aliens with no legitimate claim for asylum, let's just be honest about it, who will bring nothing to the table, who will be a net suck on our society, on our 
economy in every way possible. Oh, you're so mean. And you hear Democrats say, and even the people over at the Cato Institute, boy, I tell you, the illegal immigrants are what really drive this economy. It's not even remotely close. How much of a driver of this economy do you think people who cannot read their own native language and have no ability to communicate in our common language, how much do you think they're going to bring in? Dump 20,000 people who only speak English. Now, English is a bad example because most of those people in France would know how to do it. But uh, Cherokee, all right? Let's just find 20,000 people who can speak Cherokee and uh, immigrate them to France immediately. And how do you think that the Macron administration would go, my God, thank you for this huge boost to our economy. People who do not know our culture, do not share our shared values to the extent that Democrats allow us to have any anymore and uh, can't communicate in any way, shape, or form. That's just great. That would be awesome. No, it would be a disaster. It would be like, by the way, when you hear these Democrats talk about, well, immigration, they've always been a boon to the economy. They're wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Then ask them why it is that, say, the mayors of New York or Chicago are talking about how their social safety nets are overwhelmed, right? Because people who are busting their humps and really driving our economy are not in desperate need of free food handed to them on a regular basis. They are not in desperate need of unlimited housing for extended periods of time, right? Isn't that the way it is? You got a certain number of slots for homeless people and they're filling up with people who are busting their ass and making our economy work? That doesn't make any sense, does it? Now, the Democrats will say, well, that's just a testament to how unfair the system. Okay, well, where are they working? Well, they're not really working. Yeah, it's kind of weird. You can easily trap these people if you just are capable of logical thought and the ability to communicate in our language. Sadly, Republicans are not. They're not capable of it. The additional 1,500, they're not, they just can't communicate. It's, it's pathetic. I should run for Congress. Actually, I think my seat is the seat where I live is uh, going to open up soon. But uh, I don't have the money to run for Congress. That's the problem is you, you got to be able to not work for like a year to run for a House seat that's only iffy Republican. So I don't think I can do that. Some friend of mine was trying to convince me to do that because the guy is probably going to run for the uh, the Senate. And uh, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I would like to, but I can't afford it. Anyway, the additional 1,500 active duty troops will join 2,500 National Guard troops who are already deployed along the U.S. southern border. The figures do not include Texas National Guard members mobilized for a state-led mission. Blah, 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 blah. It really is amazing because this buried wood paragraph is this. Okay, you got the headline, you got the uh, the photo of the sweet migrants. They're not migrants, they're illegal aliens. Migrants migrate, they go where the work is, they go where the food is, they go where the, uh, the animals are that they hunt back in the day. That's why they, the nomads would follow the herds around. These people are not leaving unless they're forced to leave. They need to be thrown on planes and sent back home. I don't care how long it takes. Instead... They're going to be given Democratic voting cards. 
Uh, so paragraph one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Paragraph fifteen. U.S. officials are expecting illegal crossings to surpass 10,000 per day when the pandemic-era border policy known as Title 42 ends May 11th. The number of migrants being taken into custody per day is already near record label uh, levels, with agents making 6,000 to 8,000 arrests per day over the past week. Now, remember just the other day when the mayor of Chicago was whining about having 8,100, 8,100, for those of you playing the home game, 8,100 illegals being bussed to Chicago since August 31st. Since August 31st. That's a while ago. Eight months, if I remember my math correctly. So 8,100 overwhelmed Chicago. They're making... Six to 8,000 arrests per day, essentially along the Texas border. And they're expecting that to go past 10,000 per day. Past 10,000 per day. And you get snark from the Biden administration. You get headlines from like, oh, Biden's sending troops down there to make it seem as though, man, he's getting tough. How many people do you suspect will read a story, any story, about anything. They'll read the headline. They'll see the headline and they'll go, oh, all right, we're sending troops down. Finally, Joe Biden's getting tough on the border. Oh, they're going to be playing an Atari 2600 on an old 15-inch tube TV that's black and white. They're going to be playing combat and that's it. They'll be sitting there, but don't worry, they'll free up. It's the same argument that leftists make about Planned Parenthood, right? Planned Parenthood, well, you can't, and well, it's mostly Planned Parenthood, but uh, other things, too. They say, well, the federal government is giving them half a billion dollars. I'll just make up. I don't know what the number is exactly off the top of my head. Half a billion dollars. They're giving a half a billion dollars to these uh, to Planned Parenthood, and they're using that in politics. No, 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 no. We're spending a half a billion dollars of our own money on politics, on trying to get... Democrats elected. We're not we're not using taxpayer money. No way. No, that would be wrong. That would be wrong for Democrats to give us a half a billion dollars and for us to spend that half a billion dollars on. This. So we're we're using our own half a billion dollars or hundred million dollars or whatever the hell it is to uh, try to elect Democrats. That's what we're doing. And you have to sit there and you go, that doesn't make any sense. If you are, let's just pick a name. You're Joe Biden, right? And you got a son. We'll just name him Hunter. Just for the hell of it. And you know that he likes whores and crack. Really, really, really enjoys whores and crack. And he says, Dad, I need 500 bucks. And he says, well, what do you need 500 bucks for? Well, I've got to eat, don't I? And I've got to pay my insurance and what have you. Won't you please give me 500 bucks? And Dad remembers, for, this is old, obviously, long before Joe went completely senile. Joe remembers that little Hunter likes whores and crack, right? So he says, I can't give you $500. Because I believe you'll use that $500 to buy whores and crack, right? And so Hunter says, no, 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 Father, I promise you, I will not use that $500 to buy whores and crack. I will use 
500 of my dollars that I already have to buy whores and crack. Your $500 will go right to the insurance and the food. All right, I'll put that in a separate, it will be for that, right? I promise you. And so then Joe digs into his wallet, pulls out five crisp, clean $100 bills and gives them to little Hunter, who then goes on to spend $500 on whores and crack. And you go, wait a second. No, no, no. Your money is over there. I put it in my bank account. And then I, that money, I'm not using that money for that because I will eat. You will spend $500 on food and insurance and presumably a whole bunch of penicillin shots and what have you. So he'll use that money for that. But you, wait a second. How can you do that? How can you differentiate? It doesn't matter. Don't think about it. Don't think about it is what they say. Don't think about it is what they want you to be. This is how the Democrats are. They fund their political allies with our money, but they do it with a pinky swear that they won't use that money to come after Republicans or to do electioneering. They'll use other money. But of course, if you give them other money, that frees up their money to be spent on that. Doesn't really matter. It's the weakest, dumbest argument. And when I talk about Republicans not having the ability to uh, message against the left it's that sort of thing that they really can't message against now i did it in an absurdist way and i did it a little bit longer than it needed to be done but that's just how i am i'm wordy but how difficult is it so when you argue against funding for planned parenthood and say all right what we're going to do is we're going to cut funding for planned parenthood from the federal tax dollars by the exact amount that they report that they spent on campaigning on politics, on trying to elect Democrats. That's it. We'll cut it by that exact amount. Now, if you don't want any cuts to your money, Planned Parenthood, then don't spend any. But every single dollar will have an equal and opposite reaction, just like every action does. It never happens. Anyway, I just, you watch this stuff and you take, well, we're going to take the Border Patrol and we're going to make, how about the Border Patrol does its job yeah, it would take some troops. You'd need to probably have an influx of people. It's different than the Planned Parenthood money. But you need an influx of people, and it can be the military. But if it were to get their head above water, get their head above water, and then start really busting their asses and enforcing the law, because the left always drives me nuts. We need comprehensive immigration reform. We have a broken immigration. We don't have a broken immigration system. When you choose to only implement or enforce part of anything, it's sure going to seem like there is something broken, something wrong, a problem, right? Open up your engine and just start pulling stuff out. Pulling wires, just pull wires, loosen bolts, take some bolts out, remove small things. Now it's all just one mass. You can't really do that because they wouldn't want you to be able to fix your own car in any convenient kind of way. But the old timey cars, if you got a car from the uh, 80s or older, you could take things out. You could loosen things and you go, wait, wait a second. What the hell is this? You could take your alternator out and the car would still run for a while the battery would get drained and then it would be gone. But it, you could theoretically run a car without a, a, an alternator, just have to keep changing the batteries. And you'd say, well, the cars, we have a, a broken car. We need a comprehensive 
automobile reform. No, you should probably stop ripping the alternator out of all your cars. Stop ripping the alternator out of your cars and your cars will work just fine. You put, uh, instead of putting gasoline in it, you pour sand in the tank. That's probably not going to work out very well. Or sugar or whatever. Probably not going to work out very well. All of these things. Common sense. If you say we're not going to deport anybody or we're going to, it'll really, re- your drunk driving doesn't count as a violent offense. It's got to be a super violent offense. Well, what's violent offense? I don't know. Super duper violent offense. And then everybody else gets to stay, then what the hell? What's the discouragement? If you create a system where there are just magic words that you can say at the border, I uh, I fear for my life. Oh, all right. Where you come from? I I don't know. I came from a, a peaceful country. There are no wars down there. There are nothing that people are fl- people are fleeing corrupt governments and poor economies. Okay, go back home and fight it. Maybe if the federal government stopped propping up these lunatics down there, we wouldn't have such a problem with this. But that's beside the point. Their problem shouldn't be our problem. But their problem is Democrats' opportunity. One thing I don't think the Democrats, by the way, the last thing about this, one thing I don't think Democrats fully understand or appreciate about why this might not work out for them. And even if it doesn't work out, if suddenly all these people want to vote Republicans, I don't care. They're, it's illegal aliens. They they need to be booted out. But one reason, one thing, since they are economic they're not migrants, they're not refugees, economic illegal aliens looking for a better life. Some of them, not a lot, but I would suspect a good percentage of them would recognize that what the Democratic Party is advocating for economically in this country is exactly the system that they fled, is exactly the type of economics that they just marched 2,000 miles to get away from. Oh, it might be slightly different. It might be a light, L-I-T-E version of it. Well, just two calories, totally less filling and tastes great. It might be, but it is the same essence of an animal. A vegetarian or somebody who doesn't want to eat any steak isn't going to go, well, I understand you're a vegetarian. Well, we can offer you um, the petite filet. It's very small. But you don't understand, I don't eat meat. Yes, but it's the petite filet. No, socialism light leads to more socialism. Why? Because socialism is a constant system of failure. It is always in need of more. It is a black hole that sucks up funds. Look, we do need to we need to get more money. I mean, what do you hear complaining of all these socialist countries over in Europe? They need to raise taxes, they need to do this. And France is in the midst of a massive riot. There was a story yesterday I didn't have time to get to about how the police, police over in France are being set on fire. France has devolved into a complete and total nightmare. Because why? Because Emmanuel Macron added two years to the retirement age. Why? Because the system was going to collapse. <laughs> Honestly. That's it. That's, the system was going to collapse. There's going to be nothing for anybody. And they go, all right, well, if we just make the retirement age a little bit older, then we'll be able, if we go from 62 years to 64 years, which ain't, you know, 97 years. It's not that old. It's not that much of a difference. And, you know, if we do that, 
then we will not collapse, at least for a while, down the road. And the, the people said, Secle bleu, no way, we will not go. We will not go quietly into the night, good sir. We take our glove off and we slap you across the face and challenge you to a duel. And they start trying to kill police officers and riot and go absolutely nuts. Now, it having been May Day didn't particularly help because the communists are really good at riling up their goon squad, but... That's what they're upset about. Now, what's funny is here in the United States, it's not going to be any easier. It's not going to be any better. It's not going to be any nicer. When it finally does, when the feces meets the fan, and it will sooner rather than later, as much as they play kick the can, they kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road, you're running out of road. You're heading towards the cul-de-sac. Sooner or later, you're going to have to deal with that. And all of these politicians are going, I hope I'm gone. I hope I'm gone by the time that happens. Real, real leadership. Half of them will be dead since they're older than dirt anyway. But um, may their names forever be cursed in throughout history for being such horrible people. Anyway, enough about all of this. we got other things to get to. The other thing is there's a writer's strike. Did you know there's a writer's strike out in Hollywood? I know you're probably not sleeping because of it. And I'm sorry for your loss. No, I... Most people don't give a damn. Most people won't notice about it. I will say this, that they do seem to have a point. And my understanding of this writer's strike is related to the residuals that they get paid relative to... See, if you're on a... I didn't know this until recently. I was listening to uh, Victory the Podcast. And uh, the guys who did one of my favorite shows of all time, Entourage. And they they mentioned the uh, normal residual pay rate for syndication you know the friend just to use an example that they use is it has nice round numbers the last season of friends they got paid a million dollars an episode each of the friends did i remember oh it's unheard of a million now it's nothing but uh, it's a million dollars an episode and so then when they started this well it was already in syndication but when say season was it 10? Whatever the hell the last season was, where they're making a million dollars an episode. Season 10, episode one runs again. They got paid a million dollars to do it the first time. Their residuals, everything that everybody made a TV show before the early 80s got screwed out of. The residuals would be 900,000. You'll get 90% of what you were paid the first time. So you get 900,000. And then it goes down from there. It's never nothing, but it goes down from there, which, you know, it's a pretty sweet deal. I mean, you imagine, I never understood it. I heard some guy who uh, does a, a popular sports talk radio. I can't, I, I think I know his name, but I don't want to say it in case it was the wrong guy at a conference once complaining about, they took my shoe and they turned it into a podcast. And now I don't get any money from that podcast. And it's unfair. Meanwhile, he was already whining about or bragging about how he was making millions of dollars doing his show in New York. And it's like, okay, congratulations. You imagine like a painter. I painted this thing. I'll give you $100,000 to paint this thing. And all right, guy paints it and gives it to you. Now it's that person's, Right. That person sells it for $2 million. The artist doesn't get to come back and say, hey, dude, uh, I need my beak wet, man. I need I need half of that money. I painted that thing. Yeah, but you sold it to me. You painted it for me. That's how 
it really is. That's why I was listening to that jackass talk about how it's unfair that they're making money. on You're paid to do a show. How they're finding ways to make up your obscene salary for your unpleasantness is up to them, right? But just, <laughs> it drove me nuts. I just, I couldn't stand that guy. But anyway, it, this has not, this is about residual payments to writers because the writers already get screwed a little bit on it. But when it comes to streaming now, like what do you do if you, you write a, a sitcom that's on a streaming service? How do you get the residual money? How does that work? People can watch it whenever they want. You're paid a flat rate. I guess, I mean, you know this going in. But you're you're supposed to get, according to previous union deals, supposed to get residuals. So if they then, because there are a lot of shows that started off on streaming or on HBO or whatever that are now migrating to various cable channels, it's all sort of incestuous. And they are uh, not wanting to pay residuals. And it, it, it's hard to feel sorry for writers who are making a ton of money except for when you realize that they're going up against Hollywood studio douchebags who are making a real ton of money. So, you know, like there's not, maybe there isn't anybody to root for in this one. You just hope for a long sort of stalemate, but whatever. I find it to have some kind of merit. Plus it does something that is invaluable. If I had told you that the view had writers, would you believe me? I didn't believe it. It doesn't seem Because a writer, when you sit down and write, yeah, every once in a while we fudge a number, we get something wrong, we miss something or whatever. Certainly I misuse commas, abuse them, what have you. But in general, it is the writing of it. You go, okay, well, give me that direct quote. You can copy and paste. You can do some research. Hey, who was the one who did this thing? And you search for it and you find it and you make sure that you don't make yourself a complete ass. Our nation's first president, uh, William Jennings Bryan freed the slaves and beat the Soviet Union in the space race. You don't write garbage like that because A, you'd have to be plenty stupid to do that. But B, you have the ability to check things the ladies on the view get so many things wildly wrong basics basics of things wildly wrong well abraham lincoln he uh he killed himself right no 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 where do you come up with these things you i have played you over the years on this show so many clips from them and speaking of residuals i feel like i owe the writers some residuals the amount of clips that these people have provided to all of talk radio and podcasting and conservatives is amazing. Now to find out there were actual writers, highly paid professionals. Now, I don't know what I, I kind of find funny, a couple of things. First of all, the writers on The View, they don't, I bet you dollars to donuts, they don't want to strike. I mean, maybe they, they they have other gigs or have future aspirations or whatever, but there's no residuals for The View. There's no res- Nobody reruns The View. Nobody goes, oh, uh, did you see that TBS is now going to be running old episodes of The View from the first season on? No, they're not going to do that. The soon, that tells you something about a show. The second it is done, it is so forgettable that you just move on. You, you move on. Well, also, 
with the writer's strike going on, and Whoopi Goldberg in uh, one of these in the one of these clips, which I got two clips of Whoopi that are pretty funny. She um, she talks about how she wrote down what she was saying. She wrote it on her own little blue card. She didn't have writers do it. And you think, my God, what a prima donna! You're paid how many millions of dollars, and you're you're sitting there expecting what a foot rub from the audience because you wrote three sentences on a three by five card? Are you kidding me? But does that not make Whoopi Goldberg a scab in a way? Since they, the five creatures of the View, because I don't want to assume that any of them are women, mostly because I have too much respect for women to sort of lump them together with these people but any of these creatures from the view they are therefore writing their own right they're doing their own business doesn't that make them scabs doesn't that, I, I don't i don't know if you work a drill press and the union goes on strike and you go out on strike and somebody is brought in to work that drill press they're a scab so if you are a writer on a television show, no matter how bad that television show is, and somebody, you go on strike and somebody comes in and says, well, write your own stuff, you become the scab, do you not? And if you are ad-libbing, does that not mean that you have become a scab as well? It's the same thing. You just didn't plan it out ahead of time or didn't write it down, type it out ahead of time. I bet you did plan it out ahead of time because most of these people could not think their way out of a a cardboard box it is amazing here i've never if you hear me reading something it is from a news story and i tell you it's from a news story i do not write out anything hell i barely write out my columns they're in stream of consciousness for the most part so you sit there and you watch these things unfold you do so in real time if something broke right now on twitter it's I would be able to comment on it. I wouldn't have to go, well, geez, we need a timeout because I'm not entirely sure I need to get a team of fact checkers and a whole bunch of writers here to come together and formulate some kind of thoughts for me to say. That would be insane. That would be crazy. Yet so much of what goes on on television is just that. There are no unscripted moments. Even on news television, you can see when people are reading. When I tell you, I know that Tucker wrote his own monologues because there was times when I was texting with him and he would send me, or I was in his office one time too, and he was writing it as we were talking. But he uh, would text me the whole monologue that he was doing. He wrote on a uh, an iPad Pro with the keyboard attachment, so it was easy to text from it. And I would I was watching his show, and he went. It wasn't exactly word for word, but it was pretty damn close. He went down it. He read it and delivered it. You do that for time purposes. You don't do that because you desperately need somebody to do your thoughts. But the ladies at The View, they desperately need somebody to tell them what to say and what to think. So listen to Whoopi Goldberg. Apparently be a scab announced that they shock of all. I mean, I'm surprised there wasn't a horrible gasp from the audience going, oh, you mean you guys have a team of people who are responsible for this stupidity and not one of you amongst you has a brain? Nobody stops this stuff? Swear to God, listen to this. You know how we're always talking about how we're very different? 
uh, than most other shows. Well, as you know, there is a writer strike on, and so we don't have writers. Okay, so you're going to hear how it would be when it's not, you know, slicked up. Okay, we don't have writers today. We usually do have writers. It sounded like we never have writers. That's because you're not listening. No, I heard. That's why we need writers. That's why we need. Oh my God, Joy Reid. It's Joy Reid is or not Joy Reid. Joy Behar. Joy. Anybody? It's ironic the name now. I think. But to sit there, that's what we normally have writers. You're supposed to be a comedian. Theoretically, comedians are funny people are generally quicker on their feet, right? Uh, Robin Williams. Nobody's quicker on his feet than Robin Williams. He'd go out there and do an hour and a half of stand-up with, really, he'd repeat himself a lot from previous performances, but only as it came up. He went out there without a plan and without a net. It's a lot like doing talk radio, although... I tell you, there are some people who do talk radio who do write out their monologues or have their staff write out their monologues for them and deliver them. They've been doing this so long. It's the ultimate in laziness. But, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't I don't get it. It's not hard. I don't find it hard to do anyway. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe I'm just a jackass, but I just find it pretty easy to do and to sit there and be a part of a television show with five people you got five people and then a guest so you got six people you've got one hour 60 minutes you take that down to 44 minutes with ads all right so 44 minutes versus now i'll remove the guest all right we'll pretend that the guest doesn't exist since they're only on there for a segment we'll just cut out five minutes because i don't i don't know how many guests they have. I think it's two or three. But divided, 44 minutes divided by four. That means that each person is 8.8 minutes per person that you have to talk throughout the course of an episode of The View. Then you take another five to 10 minutes off because when there is a guest and somehow they manage to get good guests, they will allow them to talk by and large. You, you know, you get a celebrity on there, a real celebrity, and they'll Okay, tell us about your new movie. All right, well, what was it like working with so-and-so? As all the generic questions are not rocket scientists here, but and sadly, somebody was probably paid to write those questions. But you know, they have it. They do it. So you take off the 8.88 8. 8 and 8-tenths uh, or 2, wait, no, 4-fifths uh, of a, uh, a minute that each person is responsible for talking for, and then you can probably knock that down to like 6 minutes. Six real six minutes throughout the course of it. We'll double it because my math could be wrong. You don't have a whole lot of time to talk on the view is the point there as a member of the crew and you're paid millions of dollars and you need a writer for that. You need a writer for that or a team. It's a team of writers. It's never just a show with one writer, even if it's a stupid show like this. It's so pathetic. And then to demonstrate why it is that these women actually probably do need a writer. These women, not all women, not real women, not generally, certainly not conservative women. Whoopi then kind of gets lost after her spiel. And what does she do? Where, where are we going next? And she turns to the male producer. <laughs> See, these ladies, they need a male producer. We don't know what to do. Okay, the male producer, what are we going to do? Here's what you're going to do. It's just, I only play this one 
to mock these uh, self-professed feminist icons so they they can't get through a an intro and go to the first you forgot the first topic you forgot the first topic are you kidding me because it's a lot to keep in mind especially when you don't have anything written down i had to write it down i had to write it down i myself wrote this no one wrote it for me I wrote it. my goodness so brian since we don't have writers, what do you think is next? I believe we're going to talk about ChatGPT. Oh, okay. Old yeah. ChatGPT. Yeah. Ooh. People are very upset about it. Yep. The man who helped create it or had a big hand in it, who used to work at Google, yeah. has said since quitting Google and moving away from all of this, he says he thinks he made a mistake. It wasn't a good idea. All right, since the uh, ladies at the... You just love that. We're lost. Can you help us, man? Can you help us, male producer? Yeah, you come a long way, baby. To only, you know, park across the two parking spots and smash the car next to you. Uh, speaking of chat GPT, yeah, they were right. The guy who uh, was an integral part of it left Google. He's concerned. I am concerned. I There's nothing I can do about it. I would like to see... I don't understand the necessity of it, to be honest with you. Artificial intelligence is... We've got enough people who are artificially intelligent as it is, you know. (laughs) Their intelligence is clearly artificial at best, fake, faux. But that brings me up to something that's beautiful timing. It's 9 o'clock, 9 p.m. right now. Uh, Chris writes in, says, Hey, Derek, I was playing around with chat GPT and I may have accidentally come up with a possible new segment for you or maybe just an, ins- an assist with show prep. I read this article in Scientific American about uh, here's why human sex is not binary. And this garbage was on a spectrum. It's not a spectrum. Okay, just shut up. You cowards. You absolute cowards in science. You're a disgrace and you should all be fired. Said, just for fun, I copied and pasted the text into ChatGPT4, the newest version, after writing these instructions. Quote, I'm going to paste an entire article. Uh, It has logical fallacies and red herrings. I would like you to attempt to spot them and explain why. End quote. The response was pretty neat. I'm sure you could have a lot of fun with this on the show, but I'm not sure you could have. I'm sure you could have a lot of fun with it on the show, but I'm also sure it could help with show prep. I'm not going to. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. But here it is. Why human sex is in binary. Here's the seven quick arguments of of spotting the red herrings and fallacies in this article. I'm sure that right now people are working on the algorithms to correct this. Straw man fallacy. The article misrepresents the opponent's arguments by claiming that they insist that gametes are the only factor in defining sex and that uh, legal rights and social responsibilities should flow from this divide. This may not be the case. For all opponents, some may argue that there are other factors such as chromosomes and sexual organs that contribute to sex determination. Ooh, that was just a hate crime. Two, hasty generalizations. The article uses examples from the animal kingdom, such as worms, fish, and lizards, to argue that the production of gametes is not the only factor in determining sex. While it is true that there is diversity in the animal kingdom, humans are a specific species with unique biological characteristics and examples from other species uh, uh, from other species may not necessarily apply to human biology. Again, another hate crime. 
Number three, red herring. The article mentions that some mammals have varied connections between gametes and body characteristics like fat size, muscle, and metabolism. While this may be true, it does not directly address the claim that human sex is binary because uh, uh, based on gamete production. Four, red herring. The article discusses examples of animal species where sperm producers take on faint care responsibilities or even lactate this information while interesting does not directly address the main argument about whether human sex is binary based on gamete production five appeal to authority the article quotes a group of biologists who argue that strict binary categories of sex fail to capture the diverse and nuanced nature of sex while this quote supports the author's argument it does not provide specific evidence or reasoning for why human sex should not be considered binary based on gamete production. It's, love this. Sex, uh, false analogy. The article argues that because sex is complex and dynamic in humans and multiple, involves multiple psychological and so, physio, no, psychological, is that psychological? physiological and social processes it can be defined solely by gamete production however this argument does not directly address the core question of whether human sex is binary based on gamete production the complexity of human sex does not necessarily mean it is not binary and seven Ad hominem. The article accuses opponents of using the binary definition of sex to justify discrimination and restrict rights. While some opponents may indeed hold discriminatory beliefs, this does not invalidate their arguments on the biological basis of sex. The focus should be on the scientific evidence and reasoning behind the binary definition of sex rather than the motives of those who argue it. This, you know, I would say this gives me hope for artificial intelligence. Thanks for sending it in, Chris. But it doesn't because I promise you, as more and more articles are written and arguments made about how gender is a spectrum, it will eventually be impacted in the algorithm because the left can't help itself. Lastly, I want to play you out with this clip from Ted Cruz. This clip from Ted Cruz is great. There was a hearing yesterday up on Capitol Hill about the judiciary. The the Democrats are very upset that we have an independent judiciary, and more importantly, they're very upset that they don't control it. That's it. That, that, that it goes against their wishes sometimes. And so they're trying to invalidate the Supreme Court, which is wildly dangerous, which is why Democrats do it. They are evil people. And I mean that in the every sense of the word that evil is is said they're doing this deliberately and they're hoping to inspire i would assume some sort of violent action to remove an unpleasant person in their view from the supreme court so ted cruz laid out a nice little timeline of the arguments against clarence thomas a nice little um two minutes here of pointing out just how awful and horrible and wildly racist the left is when it comes to Clarence Thomas. How dare this black man think for himself and set an example more dangerously for other black people to possibly think for themselves. Not hyperbole. Here's Senator Cruz. Amen and hallelujah. That's who these people are. That's how they are. And that's why they're doing what they're doing. This isn't going to stop. It is a coordinated attempt 
to invalidate, to smear, to threaten, to bully, to pressure, to scare certain justices and ignore like the left-wing justices like Sotomayor and Kagan receiving gifts and vacations and having friends and give them all the same things. Look, when you roll in powerful circles, you meet powerful people. Those people have a lot of money. And people with a lot of money oftentimes go, hey, why don't you use my vacation? Here, just go ahead. That's what they do. I don't have any of those powerful friends. I'd certainly like to have some of them someday. But until then, I'm not going to begrudge other people for them. Show me. Show me how this influenced things. And these people don't have business before the Supreme Court. You're just using it as a red herring. You're using it to smear good people. Prove they're bad people. They don't have to prove they're good people. You have to prove they've broken the law. I realize in your Soviet Union-style head, it's different, but we don't live there. Thank God. And we don't, in large part, thanks to the people they're trying to destroy. That's enough, and who knows how long they'll be able to hold out. That is enough for today. We'll be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Have a great one. Thanks for listening.